Welcome to the Financial Coaches Network, a show to help financial coaches build and grow successful coaching businesses by focusing on the three pillars, getting clients, working with clients, and running the business. I'm Garrett Fulbin. Over the first four years as a coach, I grew a successful financial coaching business to over 80K in annual revenue. And I'm Joshua Escalante Troche. As a tenured professor of entrepreneurship and a consultant, during the past two decades, I've helped more than a thousand entrepreneurs start and grow their businesses. So get that pen and paper ready or open up the notes app on your phone. It's time to build your ideal financial coaching business. So we're talking about best practices for client testimonials. And last week we talked more high level, right? Around general practices for, uh, or best practices for client testimonials. And here we're going to get into some more specifics, uh, specifically around the, the testimonials, kind of what should be included, what is the best format, um, and dive a little bit deeper into the details. Yeah. Anything yeah. that I missed that you want to add? No, I, uh, the, Last week, we talked a lot about why you may not want to do testimonials and some of the dangers of them. And we, uh, I think it's important to reiterate, we're not saying that testimonials bad, you should not do them. Yeah. Um, but you do want to think about, is it right for you and your audience? And then once you do, if those of you who said, yeah, I think it is right, then we can talk about the best practices if you're going to go that route. So Awesome. So let's rock and roll. Let's do it. <laughs> Where uh, in particular do you want to start? Because we have three questions. Mm -hmm. I know that people, we put a poll in the group every week just to get feedback from you all in the community in terms of what you would like Josh and I to cover. So we have three questions. Do you want to start with those? Do you want to yeah, do a brief start in order of what the community said they'd like to hear? Yeah. Awesome. We'll do the will of the people. I love it. Uh, well, the first question or the most upvoted question I should say mm -hmm. is what types of testimonials are most effective and yeah. types of testimonials, what we mean by that are, you know, written testimonials versus mm -hmm. video testimonials. This may also kind of get into the placement of testimonials, like where are testimonials most effective? So we can start on either of those threads. Yeah. So let's start with understanding, starting with what is in the testimonial. And that's going to help a lot in understanding what type of testimonial is going to be the most effective. Right. And as a, uh, what, when you have a testimonial and you have a testimonial that requires, that has a lot of technical information in it, that has math in it, that has things that are more um, complex and take rational thought. Okay. Those types of testimonials are best in written format. Right. Yeah. When you have testimonials that are more emotional in nature, those types of testimonials are better in video format. Hmm. Yeah. And it's important to really sit down and look at the testimonial that you have. Think about your audience, what they're looking for, what's going to resonate with them, and align the format with those factors. Uh, print is exceptionally effective at getting across 
uh, in-depth, technical, or things that require thought, right? And we're not talking about having to get into like long calculations, just anything that re that is on the rational side of your brain, yeah. which just language is also on the rational side of your brain. Those things are uh, much better communicated through print. And video is far more effective at communicating emotion. And so again, the same thing, right? You're, if the testimonials are much more emotional in nature, then you want it to be in video. And this is the reason why when you watch a show, a commercial, and it's a commercial for a drug company, when the commercial is on TV, it's always, it, they never talk about the drug, its efficacy. They never talk about how uh, it was tested. They never, it's literally like a mom playing with her kids and giving them hugs. Take this drug and your kids will like your hugs, right? I think that's what they, they generally say. Yes. Right, yeah. And, um, <laughs> but at the end of the commercial, they always say, see our ad in Blah Blah Magazine. Mm. or visit this website. And it's because all of those efficacy things, right? 76% of people who took the drug saw a positive response within 24 hours, right? Uh, only 2% of people experienced side effects beyond mild, uh, a mild headache that lasted less than 20 minutes, right? All those, it's not going through the actual math of the science. It's just giving the details all of that's in a print form because that's easier to accept. To, it's easier for people to process in print form. And so that's kind of how you want to think about what format is your testimonial. Where do you fall on that line between is this information or is this emotional? And if it's information centric, that's probably a better way of describing it than technical or anything else, right? If it's information centric, you want it to be in print. And if it's emotional centric, video is going to be a more powerful option. I know that, I mean, I am certainly not someone who's, I've gotten used to it by being on a lot of Facebook lives that I've done and just jumping in front of a screen, right. but that's not something that people naturally or necessarily feel comfortable with. You know, kind of talking on screen in front of a camera, especially maybe saying, you know, and here are the benefits of this program that I took and, mm -hmm. um, so I have my own personal thoughts. Like I feel like a, even something that is authentic over video, even if it's not necessarily that the person is the best on video is actually still important. But I'm curious if you like, is there, or what is the balance, you know, when asking for testimonials from clients who may not feel very comfortable in front of the camera, who may not be good quote unquote in front of the camera, but are earnest and honest. Camera. Realize that people very rarely, well, first off, the person that's going to be in video, you're not going to be asking them for details about stuff. So right. over time, they're going to, it's going to become more natural because they're just talking about their emotions at that point, right? It's a very just sort of, oh, I, I, this is my experience. This is what I felt, right? And also realize that when things are too polished, that sometimes actually detracts from the effectiveness of the testimonial. Mm 
Yeah, it, it almost feels like this is too well produced. This is too slick. Is yeah. this and sets off those red flags? Yeah, and so uh, it's okay for little mistakes to happen. It's okay for the person to go, "Why wow, I, I never thought about that," and have a second to pause and think. Right, those types of things that may we may feel like, "Oh my God, this is taking forever. Why aren't they talking?" when we're doing it and waiting for the answer and we're thinking it's about our business, a two second pause may seem like an eternity. Yeah. Whereas when someone else watches it, that pause just is a quick natural reaction. And I just pause for a couple of seconds to make the point. <laughs> right. Yeah. And so, um, so part of it is kind of just getting out of your own head. Part of it is that, you have to realize that not everyone is going to be able to do a video testimonial. Uh, when I used to work in advertising and we would do uh, video interviews with people uh, for commercials and other things along those lines, we would take two hours, an hour worth of video to get a one minute testimonial. Yeah. Right. Uh, we would work with 10 or 15 people and maybe five or six of them were ones that we got really good stuff out of. Right. Um, and that's just kind of par for the course when you're dealing with non-professional actors, right. which well, by the way, if you're a target market, your niche is professional actors. Oh my God, that makes it so much easier. Right. So change your niches guys. I was going to um, say, let's go adjust that niche and you'll be all set at least from the testimonial side. <laughs> That's funny. So, well, actually, this gets me thinking to where um, you could ask for a video testimonial, or mm -hmm. now that there are tools, you could transcribe this on your own if you want, but get a video testimonial. You could even, you know, run it through a tool. I know otter.ai comes to mind, but something that transcribes the, the text or the audio. And then that could be, as long as you get permission to use that as a text testimonial, so you can kind of have both. Or if the video for some reason doesn't work, or like I had someone send me one where the bandwidth was a little low and, you know, so it was a little choppy from video, um, which I'll edit out the parts that work, but then I could actually just use the overall video text, which is really great um, and repurpose it that way. So I think that are there options, you know, to kind of repurpose testimonials like that? Yeah, there are, but we want to make sure that we're not just forcing those options because it's convenient because by definition, something that is very powerful and engaging on video is not going to be as powerful and engaging on text and something that is very powerful and engaging in text is not going to be powerful and engaging on video. Um, and just think about yourself when you're reading something, right? Your mind is far more active than you're, when you're watching TV, right? Because yeah. watching TV is passive, like literally. Reading is by its nature definitively active. Yeah. Right. So you're in a completely different mind space and even different parts of your brain are being activated by TV versus reading. I think maybe... Yeah, where was that coming from for me? I think mine was more of a specific use case for like, okay, well, if you get someone on video and then it either like is it doesn't feel super well, 
guess even if it doesn't feel supernatural to you as the coach, right? What I heard was, um, one that probably comes from my background of like being in some video production and having high expectations. Also yeah. knowing that again, the most slick production isn't necessarily what's most important. What's most important is just the genuine expression of what their experience was. Yeah. Yeah. 100 percent. <laughs> I was like, are you trying to be a kid and be like, yeah, 100. I could do it. I tried. I could. It's like you, you tried. Oh, I appreciate you. Um, anything else that you want to add on that in terms of what types of testimonies are more effective before we're moving on to like what, uh, you know, how long they should be? Um, no, I think that that's a good start. Uh, I'm sure that we will probably revisit testimonials at some point in the future and we can revisit other comments and questions that people have as well in the, in the comments. So, which by the way, put them in the comments. We'll answer them live if you put them now and we'll answer them after the fact if you tag us. So yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, how long, I hate the word should in this instance, but it's the, I think it's accurate. Like how long should testimonials be? It needs to be exactly, and I mean to the exact minute or word, you are as cheeky long today. as it I needs can to be in order to get the point that's necessary to get across across. <laughs> Total uh, professor answer. Yes. Uh, well, no, because unfortunately, most professors say this needs to be a three-page paper, and I am going to weigh your paper on a scale in order to determine your grade. Uh, noise the hell out of me that a lot of professors do that. Because um, yeah. it trains people. And when I teach business writing, I have to spend a lot of time untraining people to do this. It trains people to put in repetitive and unnecessary things that reduces the effectiveness out of it, because they have this feeling that, well, a three-page paper, if I could turn it into a five-page paper, we'll get a better grade, right? Yeah, Which is only true if there was something missing from the three-page paper, <laughs> or at least in the real world, it's only true that it's effect more effective if there was something missing, right? right. Uh, little academic pet peeve that I have as a as a professor. Uh, but all of that being said, yeah, no, it's literally you have to figure out what needs to be achieved, what is it that you need to have in it and make it no longer than that? Yep. Uh, and that's just sort of reality of any type of effective communication. Yeah. And what comes up for me is knowing what people who are coming to your website or potential clients are looking for. Mm -hmm. And so like what, is most important to people who are visiting your website, any kind of marketing that you have out there and what are their pain points? What are their questions? What are the things that would resonate most with them if they heard it? And I think, yeah, does it make sense that we talked about this on the first or on last week's, but like if they are engineer types, very detail oriented, you know, does it make, do they want more detail specifics, case studies, things that are longer? Versus those that are more my clients who make kind of gut decisions mm -hmm. and really just want to feel an emotional connection to, do I trust you? Yep. And that can happen really quickly. And so it doesn't need to be long, either the video or the text. It's just, it could be a paragraph or less. Yeah. Yeah. And as far as length, there is one thing that I will give that's 
actually is helpful from a numbers standpoint. And that is in advertising, uh, we have what's called the rule of five. And what the rule of five is, is people will read, listen to, watch the first five words of anything. Right. Just psychologically, the second you look at something and start anything, you you commit yourself to the first five words. Okay. But after about five words, people have a decision to make. Do I care? Hmm. And if the answer is no, they'll stop. If the answer is after the first five words, I still care. Right. Then they'll read the next 50 words, which is about a paragraph. Right. Yeah. It doesn't matter how bad those 50 words are. It doesn't matter how war- how horribly you screw them up. They will listen, read, watch those 50 words. Right. But then they have another decision point. Do I care? And so you really want to think about the structure of whether it's written, whether it's in audio, whether it's in video. What are the first five words that the person is going to experience? What are the next 50 words that the person is going to experience? And make sure that those words in those groupings are designed to give them what they need to make the decision of, I still care. Now, how to do that is a much bigger conversation that we can't get into here, right? Yeah. Um, and so the length is not as important, but understanding those segments is really important because after you do the first 50, after they make the decision of, yes, I'll read the, the first 50 words, right? And they say, I still care about that after that point. The next decision point is, is around 500 words, which is like a page of text, like a full yeah. eight and a half by 11 sheet of paper text. Um, and so you've got them for quite a while at that point, right? But you have to get through those first two hurdles. Right. If you don't, if they don't connect to the first five, you aren't going to get them for 50 or 500. Yeah. And so you really want to look at those first 55 words, right? In creative writing, those are called double nickels, 55 word stories. Um, but you want to look at the first, uh, first five words. What does that look like? Have I crafted that in a way where the answer to that for my audience is, yes, I still care after reading those five words. And then what do the next 50 words look like? Right. And I'll tell you right now, the most common thing that I see is thank you for taking a look at our webpage. Thank you for taking a, I don't care. Right. Um, so, so just like start with, if I stopped after five words, is this going to be something that I would be happy with as the, what the person read and they're going to make their decision off of it. I was going to say, which is why the FCN websites are designed the way that they are. (laughs) Exactly why they're designed exactly (laughs) the way they are. (laughs) In fact, you can go through one of the FCN members' websites and go, oh, wow. Rule of five, rule of five, rule of five, rule of five. (laughs) Yeah. It's almost like you planned it. I love it. Yeah. Almost like this was a very well-structured, thought-out process from beginning to end. Well, it helps when you've been, decades. I was going to say, it helps when you've been teaching a combination, you know, all these things, entrepreneurship, uh, business yeah. writing, all that. Personal finance, right. advertising. Personal finance. <laughs> True. Yeah. Uh, okay. So 
how long a testimonial needs to be. I think that's a really good place to put a bow on it. And sure. then moving on to what is the format for an effective testimonial? So maybe another way to rephrase that is like what components English. are important to be in a testimonial to make it effective? Oh, okay, not not language. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you are in that cheeky mood, my friend. <laughs> I even had a whole other thing for it, like English or Spanish or to go, basically human language. Put it in human languages and you're good. Klingon doesn't work as well. Uh, <laughs> uh, so here's, here's my recommendation for testimonials. Mm -hmm. And you want your testimonials to be stars and you have to do the hand motion with it. Okay. So. Okay. Stars. Okay. Uh, Stars are situation, task, action, result. Hmm. Okay. So you want your testimonial to address for the client, what was the situation? What was going on in their life? What was the context in which this thing happened? Okay. Tasks. What did the client need to do? Okay. This can also be a combination of tasks, what they needed to do in their lives and goals. What do they want to have happen? Okay. okay. Actions. What actions were taken, right? With emphasis on what you did in relationship with the client. Right. Okay. And then the results, what happened as a result of this? And you want to make sure that you've got those four things in that order. I will never forget that. I mean, mnemonic devices are so yeah. helpful. Well, and, and hand gestures going along with them. Very helpful as well. Yeah. Oh, you'd be, you would be amazed at how much choreography there is in my lectures and classrooms. Oftentimes very ridiculous choreography. So. Someday we'll do a choreographed live or a, a, maybe a live where we just show all the choreographs and you can <laughs> dance for 15 minutes straight. We'll probably have two viewers, but it'll be fun. It'll be fun. Yes. <laughs> okay. So stars, those four different components. Ooh, that could try to think. So does that doesn't necessarily, or does it set it up for like the 550, 500, right? So if you get those four pieces of information, is that how you present it or do you have to kind of like pick it out to pick the right stuff that goes in that 550? So the star is going to be in the 500. Okay. Right. The five and the 50 are your attention grabber and your interest builder. Okay. Right. So having them focus in on what you're presenting and having them want to learn more. So is this almost the text, like the heading and or the paragraph that comes before the testimonials themselves? Yeah. Gotcha. Um, and elements of your testimonial may go in the heading, may go in the, in the five and the 50, right? right. Um, so this is not to say that nothing from the testimonial goes in those two, Yeah. but they are, each element it has its own goal and its own objective. And you want to make sure that the five, you're focusing on it doing what it needs to do 
Okay. And if it has an element from the testimonial, great. If it doesn't, fine, as long as it does what it needs to do. Same thing with the 50. Elements from the testimonials may be in there. They may not be in there, so long as it does what it needs to do. <laughs> cool. Okay. Yeah. Anything else besides STARS? I mean, it's nice to have an acronym that is pretty easy to remember that speaks specifically to the different parts. I mean, I'm kind of like, that was quick, but maybe it doesn't need to be any harder than that. So there's a whole bunch with regard to how to get the proper situation information and everything else and how to present it, how, but that's not something that we can do in a 30 minute live. Um, right. Uh, so there, yes, there is a lot more to it, but for most people, just getting it in that format in that sequence is going to make their testimonials far better than what what they might do on their own uh, and far more effective than the typical testimonial you see out there. Yeah. Like the 80-20 rule, right? So yeah. if you get that 20% right, you know, it's going to have, or if you focus on that particular 20%, 80% of the other stuff is going to fall into place. Yeah. I don't know if it's quite that high, but the reality is it's going to make a much bigger difference. And um, the rest of the stuff, you know, that's, you have time to learn that in launch and in grow and other things later. This is a good solid start to kind of get you started. It's the minimum, the MVP, the minimum viable product of testimonials. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I love it. Well, yeah. it, I didn't see any questions come in, in the comments, but if anyone watching the replay has questions about testimonials and what we talked about, put them in the comments as you're watching the replay and just make sure to tag Josh or I so that we get the notification that you have a question specifically for us and we can answer it. So Josh, thank you as always. This is fun. And everyone, thank you so much for being on, whether it's live or watching the replay. And we will be on next week, Thursday at 11.15 a.m. Pacific time or 2.15 p.m. Eastern time. Yes. Right? I think I got yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just had to do the math in my head real quick. You you nailed it. <laughs> I'll take Hash, it. Hashtag nailed it. And on that note, everyone, we're leaving, and I'll save you from <laughs> this man. You're welcome. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Financial Coaches Network podcast. If you enjoyed it, please subscribe so you'll be the first to know when new episodes are released. Uh, it also helps iTunes and everything else know that you liked it and suggest it to other people. And if you can think of one person, a financial coach or someone aspiring to be, who would connect with what we talked about today, share it with them as well. If you're ready to take the next step and build your successful financial coaching business, FCN has turnkey resources to help you get clients, work with clients effectively, and run your business efficiently. Head to Financial Coaches Network backslash start here or Financial Coaches Network backslash stall there if you're Sean Connery. Thank you again for listening and we'll catch you on the next episode of the Financial Coaches Network podcast.